0: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 84. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is our Summer in September edition. You know, I'm going to turn my headphones up a little bit.
1: Summer in September. People are really starting to get sick of
0: summer. You know that? Uh, I've noticed in the comments, too. And and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with them. You know we it's well, September now I'm all all, all about mild it's early, it's it's not
1: late it's not fall yet no so I'm all about you know mild but but
0: it's just been too darn hot and humid lately uh, yeah and have you noticed we've had a little bit of September in August. Yeah, and that happens. And now we're having a little bit of August in September. So, <laughs> and that's usually what happens if that happens in August. It switches here. You know, it's yeah. not over yet. But yeah, I I know we've had some tranquil weather. Um, been kind of crazy. You know, I saw something the other day. Uh, I don't know if it's the National Weather Service or somewhere. we was talking about. Oh, maybe it was KY three. An article about the uh, the leaves starting to change, and if we get the, you know, we've had a, a wet a Quasi wetter summer and it's gonna be yeah it's gotta be the right conditions, you know,
1: but not the whole Ozark area has the same rain amounts
0: this year. Right, right.
1: We do not here. No, not in Branson. No, and our leaves are prettier than anywhere else in the Ozarks, of course. Of course, yeah. So you know, (laughs) hopefully we can get some color. You know, I
0: hope we do. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think that article said that some trees are starting to change in Springfield. I mean, maybe I'll have to find that article. I mean, I, I, I'm I, not but paying it's not attention to yet. trees. <laughs> no, no, but I'm not even paying attention to trees right now. Well, I'll, I'll say this I don't know what type of tree is in
1: my front yard. It's dumping leaves everywhere. They're falling, but are they, have they turned? They're, they're dry and dead looking. Ooh. Now, this type of tree, I need to. Google it or whatever, see what it is. Maybe it dumps
0: its leaves earlier. I don't know, huh. but it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because October's when we should really start getting into the color. I if was, we're gonna and, get it. And, and
1: if we have color, it's usually between you know the fifteenth and, and November first. Yeah, October fifteenth, November first. So, so. It's,
0: it's very early. Yeah, and I don't know why it's they're dropping now. I mean, it's again we've been in the low nineties. Yeah. And, I mean, moisture's coming in, and something we haven't seen in a while, we got some poppers today. Yeah, we, we got a few, uh, well, they started down south in Arkansas, you see the got some I lightning. Did. It was so funny, because I was in my show, and I was playing, I mean, I turned the radar on, and I start playing, and then you texted and said, hey, there's poppers down there, it's like, dang it, I was going to text you <laughs> first. <laughs> Russellville, I think around Russellville and stuff. And they kind of moved north and then died. Yeah, but then about three o'clock, uh, our second half or whatever, I they there was like a little something in Taney County that was going there was north. a little
1: blip. I wonder if it was hitting the ground anywhere. I, I doubt it.
0: Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's that it's just kind of a, a a signal to me that moisture's kind of coming back into the atmosphere because if there's no moisture. We're not going to have poppers. And now, because right. it's been warm in the 90s with no poppers. Now we're kind of getting the poppers. So it keeps around.
1: that moisture out for our, for our listeners who don't, you know, when it's so dry and hot out, it's under a high an area of high pressure. Yeah, or, just a yeah. big area of high pressure. So um, hopefully that's kind of going to, we don't have good wet. Well, we have good weather. It depends on who you ask. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like those areas of high pressure because it makes us have boring weather forever. Uh, yeah. Right.
0: Like long stretches of hot and dry and nothing. Yeah, and especially if they're if they're over us. That's what was happening before that high pressure was kind of not directly over us, but we were influenced in the middle part. Well, that high is kind of moving away now and if you were outside today, which I was quite a bit, uh the we had a nice southerly wind and that's bringing that moisture back.
1: I noticed we had a wind some wind cuz uh, my neighbors have some uh Children's playthings, toys that were blowing down the road and into my yard, and all yeah. So oh, was, you had some. It was a little strong wind. It, it, well, it was. They're very lightweight, so oh. but it definitely was blowing down the road. So
0: oh, how bizarre! Because I I didn't even think about any anything about a you know a a a, a, a lawn chair advisory or anything like that. Because I mean, it was breezy, but where I was at, um, it wasn't. And I'm really sore. Speaking of breezy. I've been, for those of you who are not familiar with what I'm doing, I'm really getting into disc golf. I'm loving disc golf now. I'm playing almost every day and in the morning or the evening, not in the middle of the day. My buddy Marty wants to play in the middle of the day, and I just can't handle this 90-degree well, heat index just, 98. Just wait. It'll get you know where you want to play in the middle of the day soon. Yeah. I mean, if we get you a know, cold front coming in, which we're kind of... Yeah, on Thursday night, I mean, they're kind of talking up this Thursday night cold front a little bit. That we A pretty good chance of rain. Yeah.
1: Last I saw, we could have up to a 50% chance of rain on Thursday, maybe Friday morning.
0: Uh, on that, yeah, on that that Thursday, Thursday night thing. I mean, but what that's going to do is it's not going to knock us down too much. I mean, I'm seeing highs after that in the low, maybe mid-80s. But if you're talking we're in the low 90s now, that's a 5 to 8 degree. Right drop and hopefully it beat that humidity. The humidity is what's nuts. You know, I mean I I can I can play and I don't mind being out in the middle of the day if it's 92 93 degrees if the relative humidity was 15%. But it's not. We just need some rain. We
1: need more rain. We need a tropical system to come up through oh. Texas and Curve back and hit us. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it would be. Give us a good five inches and a
0: few days. And, and then turn cooler and then get wonderful color. Yeah, in the- perfect. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this week is peak week of hurricanes, the hurricane season. We're going to get to the tropics here in a little bit. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. Now, I don't want to push this too much because it is a long-range GFS. So, I mean... Uh, we're not going to hype it. We're not going to, you know, say, Oh my God, this is going to have, no, this, we're not going to do that. Um, but there are indications that a more significant cold front could move through the region around the 20th. Now today's the ninth, you know, the GFS goes out a long way. It's been the last couple of runs have really been, you know, advertising that and the, the, the Canadian and the icon and the nav gem it, It's out of their range right now. So I'm just going to kind of look at it as eye candy, which that would be nice. But if that were to transpire, then we could be looking at highs in the 60s and lows in the 40s.
1: Well, the exact same thing thing happened last year, right about that week, because it was the very first day of fall. Uh, the, Ah. The day before, we had highs in the 80s. The day of fall, we had highs in the 50s.
0: That, it's like I think. 22nd, 23rd, I think. I think it's the twenty isn't it the twenty third this year?
1: It's two fifty a.m. on September twenty third. Monday morning, two weeks from this morning.
0: Morning? Yeah. We haven't had an equinox an ox or a solstice overnight in a while. I know. It's been like maybe ten o'clock at night or, you know, ten o'clock in the morning, but two fifty, I'm not gonna be up.
1: Well, I have a countdown. <laughs> I've known how long, I mean, exactly what time it hits for a long time now because i put a countdown on our website stormdogweather.com yes earlier in the dog days of summer back when we had 50 days left now we have 14 days left on there so it's a countdown that
0: countdown counts down to the exact second of the equinox yeah and if you you know if you haven't gone to our site in a while i mean you're always tweaking it and you've you've had to retweak some things because i think the the Current conditions were kind of messed up. Oh, <laughs> well, that wasn't our fault. No, no, it was not our fault at all. It's just you know, what what they're sending us because... They
1: send us some bad data out of the airport every now and then, you know, so...
0: Yeah, and, and you know, we keep looking at it, and if it's bad data, we're just going to go somewhere else and get some some data there. And I've,
1: I've always been skeptical of that observation station there at the airport. I've always been skeptical on some of the temperature readings, and sometimes... During cold snaps or war- it, it, the temperature doesn't move, it just stays that way for hours and does mm. not fluctuate at all. So, I, I, I and now it says light rain when it's sunny outside, you know.
0: Yeah, it says sunny and light rain. I'm like, okay. So, uh, <laughs> while that <laughs> no. is the
1: official uh, station they use for the National <laughs> Weather Service out of the Branson Airport, one, it's too far away from Branson. I uh, yeah. And two, seven it's, miles. It's a little bit inaccurate. So I switched observation stations for now until they get, until
0: they get it fixed. Yeah, and, and until not, we get our own here
1: at Stormdar headquarters,
0: we are wanting, really, really wanting this our home station, uh, and we were we're going to make a big deal out of it. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I think we've kind of figured out. Well, we've talked about where we could put it, kind of on on my roof or whatever. Um, I don't know. We're, we're we're still thinking about that, but it would be so nice to have our own storm our weather current conditions and what wh- Randy
1: how- just wants it so he can look and see how much rain we're getting without having to go outside and get wet
0: well yeah because my driveway floods and, and I got don't a really lake ha-
1: and you won't have to dump a rain gauge anymore. it self dumps and oh. you don't have to yeah but,
0: you don't have to worry about it but here's the problem see if it self dumps but then there's a mechanical failure of some point i got to get on the roof <laughs> and my mother is not going to like that <laughs> you don't
1: have to put it up on the roof no, that's true. I don't. You got a bring a size yard over here inside. So. I have a huge yard. Yeah,
0: I just I just don't want it. People to jack with it. I mean, I've I've got like the yard over west of me. I mean, that's a whole lot there, which I kind of like. But see, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to talk about that. But it needs, of course, any accurate weather station has to be away from trees, has to be away from obstacles. We'll
1: do it the right way. It has to be. Oh, it more than to be. five feet off the ground.
0: Right. Yeah, has to the the two meter. If you look at the Uh bottles, there's a two meter air temperature, and a meter is 39 inches. So 39 times two is 78. Ooh, that's six something, isn't it? That's six six. Okay. Yeah. Because six foot seventy two inches. Sixty eight inches is five foot eight, because that's what I am. Oh. Well, you know, I used to be 70, but I'm getting older now. shrinking on us. I am shrinking, yes. And the more I think I'm playing this disc golf, I'm, I mean, I'm sore, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of it. I'm, I'm just sore. But anyway, that's, that was the, the breeze. I was, I was circling back around when we were talking about the breeze today, because when you really have to think about how you're throwing those things, if you have a, a, a wind and I mean, and if it, it's, well, it's the same thing as golf. You know, like golf with the golf balls and and the clubs and stuff. If You're going out. I mean, you got to take in consideration if you got to win coming left or right. But the the, the only difference is when you got a frisbee or a disc, it's going to ride. <laughs> that thing leaves your your hand it goes, <laughs> and what goes. What <laughs> you should do is
1: is is talk to your buddies, the Hughes brothers, and yes. have them put one back there behind their building for for intermission. You guys could go out there and play during or before show or intermission. You probably hit a couple. Of the go-kart riders next door sometimes, but, you know. Oh, that'd
0: be fun. <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. What'd be fun is to go right next to the Ferris wheel. Try to... There you go. Throw it on the Ferris wheel. Oh, I don't know. We're just... Uh, <laughs> uh, we're just pipe dreaming at this point. Um, hey, did you hear about that huge snow in Italy today? I... Did not you did not and it, uh, I think it's L-Livigno, Livigno L I V I G N O Livigno Northwest it Only. Right. Uh, yeah, and I it was on uh, our, uh, our meteorologist James Spann's um uh, Facebook page. So if you want to look at it, go to James San, uh, Span Spann S P A N N. He's a Birmingham, Alabama guy, very. Very known, well-known uh, meter- TV meteorologist. He's, he's, he's great. Um, but yeah, he had it on his page, and they had a video, and the caption was, it's snowing handkerchiefs. I and don't know what that means. The size of the snowflakes were like that. You
1: think so? That's how big they were? It was
0: on a video. Wow. Isaac, I just go and look at it. It, it was huge. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, probably not handkerchiefs, but... That, Dude, they were they were big. Wow. <laughs> they, they were really big. I was really surprised. But this is September.
1: Well, I I we go from Italy to Colorado. They are forecast to get their first snowfall this week. No way. Uh, it could just be a dusting. It could be a little more, five or six inches in the upper elevations. Yeah. But uh, they're looking forward to it. Of course, they 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 stress that an early snow isn't necessarily a, an indication of. What you're gonna get later, or what the the ski season for Colorado oh, is going right. to be? But yeah, I can imagine this is about it's about time for the upper elevation. I
0: mean, it's way up there. Yeah, if you're in Colorado, I mean, it, yeah, I'm I'm not that familiar with the Colorado uh, climatology. And it, where'd you say this was? It, it, like in the it's Breckenridge or West? Yeah, somewhere around there. Oh, okay, okay, just just in the upper elevations. That, that would make sense. Uh, Denver, probably not. Denver's only a mile high. But, yeah, when you get up above that snow line and you get systems coming in, uh, and if we have no El Nino, let, uh, let me just talk about El Nino just a second. Um, I thought, eh, I'll just go check El Nino because, you know, the last we heard, we read that, yeah, we are going, it was over, El Nino's over, and we're going to gonna go in Lanada and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, i went and checked today said lan lanada condi- they call it el nino neutral but i like to say lanada cuz it sounds cool i think but anyway lanada conditions lanada prevent- La La, almost almost a uh, La lanada <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the, what the reason <clears throat> they're saying lanada is the sea surface temperatures uh, are above average in the western pacific but they're below average in the eastern Pacific. So they're what they're saying, and this is kind of I'm like okay, what they said. Lanata to continue through winter, there's a fifty fifty chance. Well, it's there's a fifty-fifty chance it's gonna rain tomorrow too. You know <laughs> that was kind of
1: a you have El Nino Years and you have La Nina Years. And <laughs> yeah. and then you have Lanata years, which is what we're <laughs> in now. Yeah. I almost feel like we have a better chance of some snow when we're not in El Nino and La Niña. Yeah, when it's not going or, or crazy, El Nino and La Niña, <clears throat> because there's so much that affects the jet streams, and because we barely missed a few this past winter. Uh, right, sow, you know, just because of this jet stream and where it was opposition. Uh, exactly. So maybe we could actually see some snow.
0: I, wouldn't that be nice i mean just just snow and, and everybody knows that if they've listened to me i've always said this i want one huge snow seven eight maybe ten inches to last two or three days just get that thing and then start melting and i'm good you get two of those and people are like "Ah, where's spring you know well i know but yeah yeah i know what was our snow last year four inches total i here? mean here yeah we didn't get... No, total. I mean, through all... Yeah. I don't know.
1: Springfield got more than we did here in Branson.
0: Springfield always gets more than we did. Sure. I'm going to... You know, I'm going to check... Because I think... I thought I saw, like, the total Branson snow for the entire last... You, you know, like... You know, maybe, like, an inch here or an mm-hmm. inch and a half there. Mm-hmm. The total was four inches. Uh, I don't know. I'm just writing that down. I, just, I, just I will see. say
1: this. You know yeah. how the uh, weather sites and and some broadcast media sites they they have dubbed the term polar vortex for oh, the right. extreme cold temperatures. Uh-huh. It's like, well that sounds like a cool term. Well well polar vortex is gone. It's gone for this year. It they have a new name. Oh and it could be worse than a polar vortex. Have you heard? No, I haven't. People are already posting about it weather sites and weather enthusiast sites and we call them hypers uh, you know what they're called this year no uh, telling it's called the polar coaster it's the, the polar polar coaster it's the polar coaster the polar coaster and people are already that 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 terms are already trending on twitter
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> this winter is going to be a polar coaster
0: <sighs> okay. Um, Tell me what you think about that. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I'm not sure what I think about that right now. Um, I, I, I kind of Does that get mean it goes why up, it goes up and down, like a roller coaster. It could be. Well, yeah, I have to look at the urban dictionary or something. But I they
1: mean, were saying it's gonna be bad and cold. Snowy. Ooh. It's gonna be a polar coaster.
0: Well, you and I both have always have seen already, you know, we talked about this last week, but all these winter, you know, forecasts coming out. It's like this is gonna be awful this year. Guys, it's September. We and some
1: fairly local sites within the region posted that we were gonna have massive snow last year that it never happened. No.
0: No, I think the best thing for you and me is to go with gut instinct. Yeah, because our gut instinct—I I, I think we do our gut instinct, but also we kind of look at everything else. I mean, that's what we do. We don't rely on one source here at Storm Dart Weather. We take everything into consideration. I—I'm I, not ready to make a winter prediction yet. And you know what I think would be cool. We need to advertise when we do. We're going to make an entire podcast of the StormDAR Weather Winter Prediction. That sounds great. And maybe we can have some experts on. Maybe so. We'll, we'll just make it a whole, maybe a separate I podcast. I didn't know my wife was going to be on that night. Well, <laughs> you know, hey, she was almost in labor in an ice storm. Yeah, when that's she, true. So, so, you know, I'd, I'd call her an expert. So we need to get Garen on here. Yep. You know, he he knows some stuff about um, that. Oh, another thing I saw: <laughs> Alaska, crazy hot summer. Uh, they uh, the article. This was an article on CNN, and the caption to the article, or the title of the article is "Alaska just had the most ridiculous summer." And there was some more in the title or whatever. And I read through it there. I was going to make notes, but I thought, you know, if you, if you want to read it, uh, it's a very interesting article. I mean, the, uh, they, they said the, the uh, Arctic is warming twice as fast as the rest of the Earth. Uh, it's got some crazy, crazy stuff in there. Um, another thing they were saying, uh, it, which we talked about before, on July 4th on Anchorage, they had 90 degrees. And that was hotter than Key West, Florida. Yeah, my Anchorage. I,
1: I family live in Anchorage, and they're always posting on Facebook, well, they're from the Miami area, just like I am, but they've moved to Anchorage about the same time I moved to Branson. To get and, away from the heat? And they're always posting on there that the the temperature throughout the summer in Anchorage for the day was hotter <laughs> than it was down here. Yeah, and that's almost unheard of. It really is. Of course, they don't have the humidity like we have down here.
0: No, no. I mean, I'm sure Anchorage's got a little bit of the ocean, but not like the. It's the, not argh,
1: the tropical. No, no, stuff. not the
0: tropical stuff. And they also, I so what I decided to do after that, reading that article, I went to uh, the Anchorage, Alaska, uh, climate records and stuff, and they sent a spreadsheet, and it's got a ton of data on it. And I just wanted, I want to read a couple of things off of here that I found very fascinating. Um, This is by year. Uh, the, The thing is most 70 degree days in a year, 49 in 2019. Okay. Another category, most 75 degree days in a year, 31 in 2019 this year. Another category, most 80 degree days in one year, eight. In 2019.
1: And I don't want to say it's climate change, but it might be.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, really. Um, The warmest day ever on an average, like the average high temperature, the warmest day ever was 74.5 degrees on July 4th this year. Interesting. Yeah. The warmest month by average temperature was 65.3 degrees July. Well that was this year.
1: that's July set a record this this year.
0: July did set, set a record. And the the scary thing uh, <clears throat> uh, over on the other part of their spreadsheet the top 10 maximum high temperatures ever for Anchorage. You know what the number 1 is? I wouldn't I couldn't tell you. I just told you. 90, 90 degrees. degrees on July 4th. Hmm. Second is 85 degrees on July 8th this year. And the third is eighty five degrees on July seventh this year. This year was a monster. See heat. June,
1: July, that's that's their prime heat time because the way the the sun's positioned on them, they don't have sun throughout the entire year, you know. So it's starting to get lower Pretty and lower much, yeah. in the atmosphere starting sep, you know, mid September for fall for the equinox is when it starts kind of going down and yeah. going down and then to nothing you know, in December. Well, so they're in the dark.
0: Well, I think the longest day of the year is like the third week of June. So this yeah. was like three weeks after, three weeks after. And that happens sure. even
1: here. I mean, just because it's the longest day of the year doesn't always mean it's going to be the hottest day of the year for right. sure. Right.
0: Well, I mean, the the atmosphere has to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like the our, what our coldest month is, months are January and February, but the shortest day yeah. of the year is the third week of December.
1: <laughs> it takes a while to preheat that oven.
0: Oh, I like wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I just came up with that. That's a, you know, it takes it a while to preheat that oven. That that I, I appreciate that. Thanks. That's really good. Thanks. Okay. So moving on <laughs> let's uh hey, let's talk about the tropics. Wow. Uh let's talk about Dorian. Dorian was <laughs> a
1: different type of storm. I don't know that I've ever seen a Dorian before. I
0: have never ever seen a Dorian before. He was interesting,
1: and he did some catastrophic damage to Grand Bahama.
0: Oh, in the Abaco Islands. Oh it's my! It's pretty goodness. much wiped out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Portions and for whatever Bahamas. reason, they're not giving us strong numbers on a death toll. It's, you know, it keeps rising up, creeping up. But I've heard in the thousands. Yeah. You know? Off-hand. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Yeah. I'm sure. In the Abacos, Abaco Islands. Just devastated, and I saw a cool, cool time lapse. And I gotta find that time. I want to post that on the site of Dorian. Uh, it's the it's the satellite with the infrared not infrared, uh the color enhanced satellite. And the from beginning, and it just it just goes. You can see it develop, and it moves, and it just stops over I mean it's amazing just a satellite but it stopped as a category 5 I know and set there and can counted you imagine the Bahamas there can't be anything
1: left I you know when you get over a category 5 there's not a category 6 because because no. 156 or whatever it is when when it starts as a category 5 uh-huh. wipes out everything
0: yeah and Dorian was 185 yeah. sustained for hours hours
1: and then it finally makes landfall in America for uh, t-
0: barely. 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> oh, right, because it started going on. Out. What Was it Cape Hatteras? Is that where yes, it happened? Yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, when it started moving north and then kind of northwest. And then it, uh, what is it, two or three days ago I looked and Dorian had turned uh, post-tropical, which means it's way out of the tropics, but it was still going as a Category 1. A Category 1 hurricane. Tormenting Eastern Canada, well, going one, towards Greenland. One time, it
1: actually strengthened to a Category Two. Yeah,
0: yeah. Was that like right outside of Maine or something? Yeah. I Which mean, this storm would not there. Stop.
1: It didn't even look like a hurricane back island, Like it's in the tropics. it didn't have a you know the
0: eye. And yeah, all that. The classic. Yeah. But
1: it had the winds.
0: It, it just wouldn't stop. I mean, th- this one is really going to go down in the history books. Oh yeah, yeah. But it is gone now it is gone it's probably up in well it was headed for greenland you know and we all know any system tropical or post-tropical or extra tropical or whatever once it hits land it will collapse because it just runs out of gas um but you know greenland is not that warm (laughs) And, and dorian kept going but anyway so that's dorian now we have tropical storm gabrielle It's just kind of sitting out there. Uh, Just tropical storm. I don't think Gabrielle ever became a hurricane. Uh, Headed northeast towards northern England. Not New England. England, as in over in Europe. (laughs) It's headed northeast over to England. Uh, It's not expected to become a hurricane. Uh, But other than that, there are three other disturbances in the Atlantic. Now, they're not... I mean, they're, they're not something we're raising our eyebrows are just kind of disturbances. One is northwest of Hispaniola. Uh the five day outlook uh said there's a twenty percent chance it could become something. Uh there's another stir disturbance, nine hundred miles east of the Lesser Antilles. The five day outlook is a thirty percent chance. So that's really not anything either. I mean it, it's something, but eh, confidence of it really Getting somewhere is not that big, and there's a wave uh, just off the coast of West Africa. Now that was new, because I looked this afternoon, and that wasn't there. And then I looked this evening, and it just showed up.
1: That one raises my eyebrow just a hair.
0: Really, just brand the, new. Just the
1: position it's where it's at.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's yeah. That's where
1: the biggies start over there.
0: Oh yeah, Uh, the the Cabo Cabo Islands, Cape Cape Verde or Verde, Verde or whatever islands. Verde, 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 yeah. I don't know. But but the Hurricane National Hurricane Center said the wave. It says just off coast of West Africa. It didn't say Cape or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. But right now, a five day outlook just has like a twenty percent chance. So yeah. Um. So, four things in the Pacific. One, tropical storm not going to affect us. Uh, The eastern... Did I say Pacific? I mean Atlantic. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. See, you need to give me the buzzer. uh, I I, don't have my iPod over here. (laughs) I'll do that. Okay. (laughs) But the eastern Pacific. uh, A wave is a few hundred miles south-southwest of Acapulco. Uh, They're thinking this is going to come... Going to do something. Uh, the five-day outlook is a ninety percent chance it's going to become at least a tropical, a named storm. Right now, it's like meh. Uh, it's just kind of churning out there. But once it becomes a tropical depression, thirty-mile-an-hour winds uh, sustained, they can get some stuff. Then it, they will name it. Uh, I don't even know what we're up to now. We had J. Do we have K over there in the Pacific? Not yet. I was like, okay, so so I guess K's next. K. Yeah, I don't know, J, Ju, Ju, shoot, no Juliet, no, yeah, it's
1: Juliet. It
0: was yeah, Juliet, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're we're waiting on K. So we're not
1: we're waiting on H and I over here in the uh, Atlantic and a K, K over here. in the Pacific.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good tropics so far. I mean, because mm-hmm. we're just now, like I said before, the second week of September is peak. So we've still got all the way through the rest of September and October to go on these tropics thing. And Central Pacific, uh, we had one south of uh, Hawaii, but it vanished. So we're going to say nothing. Nada down there. Wow, that's a that's a lot in the tropics. <laughs> Gives us something to talk well, about. I mean, Dorian was a monster. Gosh, you know, I that was it. At least two weeks, because last week we talked about Dorian, but then you said a week before that, two weeks ago today. Yeah, two weeks ago today, it did something. Now it's just a low floating away. Man, yeah, there, yeah. There's going to be. I've I've got to search YouTube and find some stuff. Uh, took a look at the Climate Prediction Center, and uh, they haven't really changed much since last week. Uh, looks like September, October, November. Uh, this three month thing a little bit above average, duh, because we're above average right now, uh, and equal chances of precipitation. But there, you know, you keep keep scaling down the line. The, I mean, every every graphic I look, every, they do it in three month three month increments. So the first one is September, October, November. The, the next one is October, November, December. See how that works? And then you go November, December, January. So everyone that I'm looking at is above average, and I don't mean a little. I mean, like, moderately above average temperature. Right. So we're going to look at it. And uh, today's weather school is all about the Climate Prediction Center, how they work, and uh, what they do for us. So I say we just get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The Climate Prediction Center outlook is for a warmer-than-average winter. I guess we won't see any snow. Or will we? Climate Prediction Center, or CPC, is a United States federal agency that is one of the National Centers for Environmental Prediction, which are a part of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's National Weather Service. The CPC is headquartered in College Park, Maryland. Its roots trace back to the late 18th century, with the United States Army Signal Corps taking over responsibility of the climate program in the late 19th century. Once it became part of the United States Weather Bureau, it was known as the Weather Bureau Climate and Crop Services. From 1957 through 1966, The United States Weather Bureau's Office of Climatology, located in Washington, D.C., and then Suitland, Maryland, published the Mariner's Weather Log publication. Late in the 20th century, it was known as the Climate Analysis Center for a time before evolving into the Climate Prediction Center in 1995. The CPC issues climate forecasts valid for weeks and months in advance. The roots of modern climate prediction can be traced to the late 18th century. One of the nation's first applied climatologists was Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States. A century later... The federal government assigned to the Army Signal Corps the mission to define the climate of the regions of the country being opened for farming. In 1890, the United States Department of Agriculture created the Weather Bureau Climate and Crops Services, which began publishing the Weather and Crops Weekly Bulletin, which the CPC in conjunction with the USDA still publishes today. The records of the Climate Division span from 1883 to 1961. For a time during the 1960s, the Weather Bureau's Office of Climatology was located in Suitland, Maryland. In 1970, various federal weather and climate functions were consolidated into the National Weather Service and placed in a new agency called the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA. In the 1980s, the National Weather Service established the Climate Prediction Center, known at the time as the Climate Analysis Center. The CPC is best known for its United States climate forecasts based on El Niño and La Niña conditions in the tropical Pacific. The CPC's products are operational predictions of climate variability, real-time monitoring of global climate, and attribution of the origins of major climate anomalies. The products cover timescales from a week to seasons and cover the land, ocean, and the atmosphere extending into the stratosphere. These climate services are available for users in the government, the public and private industry, both in this country and abroad. Applications include the mitigation of weather-related natural disasters and uses for social and economic good in agriculture, energy, transportation, water resources, and health. Continual product improvements are supported through diagnostic research, increasing the use of models in interactions with user groups. Some specific products include the three-month temperature and precipitation outlooks and discussions, the one-month temperature and precipitation outlooks and discussions, the six to 10-day and eight to 14-day products, which include temperature and precipitation anomaly, excessive heat outlook, and maximum heat index prediction. They also have a three-month probability of exceedance in temperature, precipitation, heating, and cooling degree days. They also cover the hurricane season outlook for the Atlantic and Pacific basins, along with the U.S. drought outlooks and discussions. They even provide international support for weekly hazards in Afghan, Africa, Central America, and Haiti. The CPC is linked to the National Climate Data Center, which was previously known as the National Weather Records Center in Asheville, North Carolina, and was the world's largest active archive of weather data. Starting as a tabulation unit in New Orleans, Louisiana, in 1934, the climate records were transferred to Asheville in 1951, becoming named the National Weather Records Center. It was later renamed the National Climate Data Center, with relocation occurring in 1993. In 2015, it was merged with the National Geophysical Data Center and the National Oceanic Data Center into the National Centers for Environmental Information. NOAA issues a yearly report called The State of the Climate, The report appears as a supplement to a summer issue of the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society, which is a publication of the American Meteorological Society. The State of the Climate Report, known until 2001 as the Climate Assessment, is an international effort. The State of the Climate Report for 2017 was recorded as the third warmest year on record. 2017 was the warmest non-El Nino year in the instrumental record. There are three categories the CPC uses to forecast temperature and precipitation, above, below, and equal chances. The above and below categories are divided into three subcategories Which are slightly, moderately, and well above. The CPC's outlooks can be misunderstood. What you need to know is that their products are based on large scale averages for the forecast time period. For example, an above average temperature prediction for January only means that the average temperature for the month is forecasted to be above the monthly average. There will be cold blasts and warming periods throughout the month, but the average is expected to be above normal. One can assume that since the overall average temperature forecast is predicted to be above average, that the likelihood of snow would be reduced. However, a quick-hitting major Arctic blast meeting up with a high precipitation system could indeed dump a lot of snow in your area. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you have it about the Climate Prediction Center and what they do. Um, I re, you know we rely on those uh, there's so many agencies we rely on the National Weather Service the Hurricane Center the Storm Prediction Center the Climate Pre- there's so many you know I'm going to next week I should do the branches of NOAA again because there's just tons of them out there and they all work together yeah and it's
1: people a, forget that
0: yeah and, and and it's up to us as weather ready nation ambassadors to read what they say and then get it to y'all and Of course, what we do, we we don't necessarily copy-paste. We put it in terms that I think everybody can understand.
1: (laughs) Most everybody can understand. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I think it's time to go to the next segment, which is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what
1: you got? This Week in Weather History, you're not going to believe it, but there was a hurricane. No. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was a Category 4 storm. Made landfall in Galveston, Texas. It doesn't have a name. Oh, it doesn't? It's the Galveston Hurricane. Okay. it's in 1900. Oh,
0: before they named him. 19 them. years ago. Wow.
1: This hurricane killed between 8,000 and 12,000 people, making it the deadliest U.S. Atlantic hurricane on record. The highest point in the city of Galveston was less than nine feet above sea level. Oh. And that's not good. No. like <laughs> well, the hurricane brought in a storm surge of over fifteen feet. So it was
0: underwater. That was a massive hurricane.
1: It overwhelmed the entire island was underwater. Mm. And in nineteen hundred, I don't know what the uh you, you know, what the building codes were back then, but you know, Sh- you, who knows? For Katrina you had people on their roofs you know waiting right. to be rescued right well they didn't i mean they may have been able to get on the roofs but how are they going to get rescued in 1900 i don't
0: think they had helicopters back no. in 1900 no <laughs> or, my or motor gosh so, wow yeah. and, and they didn't have a really good rating system back then right um, and they didn't have any i mean these of course if you didn't have any technology all of a sudden You look up in the sky and say, you know, the sky's getting kind of dark. I guess it's going to rain. Well, I better go mow the yard yard right now. And then this powerful hurricane. Well, I wonder. I mean, I don't know the
1: track of Mm -hmm. that hurricane. I just know. I always heard that it hit Galveston, but I'd never heard of it hitting anywhere else. Like, usually it'll hit, you know, the Dominican and maybe tip Florida and then curve up and hit Galveston. Right, right. But I never heard of the specifics of this one. You know, I wonder... I mean, there were weather bureau, bureaus back then, mm-hmm. and they had, you know, uh, telegrams and whatnot. So I don't know. Yeah, but Did it would take weeks to get. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Did, I mean, they had wired telegrams, but were they able to communicate anything, any information at all that they were in the path of a
0: of a huge exactly. hurricane. Well, I mean that's before World War II, right? It wasn't World before War 1? War or 1. Yeah, I mean talk <laughs> yeah. about communication. Wow. See, I I don't know history. I should know history. But 119 years ago, I know I know that was before, before the internet. I know that. Yeah, a, a few years. F- before. a few years before the internet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and people don't don't realize the, star- the storms have been going on for centuries you know all over the place where we've had weather it's just there's been no way to to track them and then suddenly like in the 1900s we we start getting those so pretty crazy
1: <clears throat> and here even in 2009 or 2019 2020 people don't realize that all we have are satellite images when when they're out away from land you can't look at radar Right. Unless it's near an island that has a radar system. Like
0: Puerto Rico. Yeah, you can see And it. just a
1: few years ago, remember when all the radars on Puerto Rico got wiped out? Was that last year or two years ago? I don't even know. Uh, if, yeah, are they back up and running now, I guess? Yes. Okay, yes, They're back up. So, but when, it, when it, it doesn't take, you know, a lot of distance to get out of that radar range. So you can't actually see what it's doing on radar. You can see just, you know, visible satellite or infrared satellite, which is nice. And it's it, it it's you know grown leaps and bounds the technology has with the new you know goes sixteen or goes east
0: oh with the with this high resolution yeah, oh my God, see that's why Dorian is so incredible
1: yeah he he I think he knew something I think he knew our technology was better, so he wanted to show off.
0: Oh, I know well, if you look at that eye when it really got going, I, before it stopped it w- it was going that eye was perfect just concentric and just i mean and that's something you watch for if you get that eye that's just perfect eye that's a very powerful storm you know and then with while well, we talked about last week with the eye wall replacement type thing it starts wobbling starts regenerating a new eye and then bam it just really goes up there uh, i just checked radar scope yes uh san juan puerto rico uh tjua is up and running and there's lots of thunderstorms up there uh you know, they're, they're, eh, you know, like I said, in the tropics, we're watching that little disturbance that's kind of down there on the approaching. The, it's, it's not near San Juan, but it's just thunderstorms right. right now. So eh, we're going to be watching that for a while. Okay, let me get back. I need to get back out of Radar Scope and back to our next segment, which is... It's the weather word of the week. And this week's stormed weather. Weather word of the week is sodar. 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 So, so, so. What's, uh, what's s- sodar?
1: <laughs> sodar is when stormdar doesn't really know what's going to happen. Sodar. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think. Why don't you read the description of what? Sodar. <laughs> Well, so it's kind of like you know, it's an acronym, right? For, yes, I mean, kind of like radar is. Yeah, exactly. Well, sodar is a sonic detection and ranging. Nice. Also written as SODAR, well, which lowercase. Is a, is a lowercase word. Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't write it that way. I'd write it in all caps. Oh, okay, yeah, like radar.
0: Right, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, it's a meteorological instrument used in used as a wind profiler to measure. The scattering of sound waves by atmospheric turbulence. SODAR systems are used to measure wind speed at various heights above the ground and the thermodynamic structure of the
0: lower layer of the atmosphere. Wow, you read that great. Well, I was to, you know I was doing this fast. I should have taken it also written as SODAR because people well, on the they can't read. No, people on the podcast. Well, SODAR is all caps
1: because it's an acronym.
0: Yeah, but people S-O-D-A-R. also
1: use it as a word. SODAR all you know no caps just a word SODAR.
0: Well, kind of like radar. Radar is radio detection and ranging. So so SODAR is sonic detection and ranging. I bet some of our listeners didn't know My GPS
1: right. can detect Sonics when I'm getting close. I can get like a...
0: Really?
1: Like a brown bag special or a Sonic Blast when I'm hungry for some ice cream.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just one right over Monster.
0: Wow. You're yeah. a comedian anyway. Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. Oh, wait a minute. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> what was that? Okay, <laughs> for people who don't know... Is this place haunted? Yeah, I think... No, I've got I've got a little thing called soundboard that does my little drops. I've got tons of drops over here. And I, I accidentally hit the little baby sneeze, which is... <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, oh God. That's when you hear the kids booing or, or the laughter or whatever. <laughs> I got birds chirping. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Anyway, so that that's what happened. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> so what were we talking about?
1: Well, we were talking about soda. The sodar, we're, okay. We're yeah. about done with that. Yeah,
0: we're we about done with sodar. <laughs> oh, I, I should take a picture of my my little sound it's called soundboard with all my little things on it so people can hear, but well, I think we pretty much covered a lot in in this one. We got uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna hang my hat. Well, I'm not going to hang my hat. I'm going to hold on to my hat and keep watching the models, the GFS, because it would be really nice to scrub away some of this 90 and 80-degree weather and get to fall-like temperatures.
1: Well, it's bound to happen eventually.
0: It, It is bound to happen, right. But, I mean, like the Canadian only goes out, was it 240 hours? So that's 10 days. The GFS goes out was it 16 days? I don't know. It's 384 hours. So it goes way out there. But it, and today is Monday, September 9th. And uh, the GFS is talking about, you know, like 11 days or whatever. So it's just outside of what the Canadian is seeing. So we'll watch it. I mean, obviously, yes, we're going to, you know, go into a fall pattern and get, you know, cooler temperatures. I really want fall temperatures because I I want to go out and play disc golf all day. Right, <laughs> that's what I want to do. I just want to be outside and be comfortable and not sweat. My yeah. gosh, yeah. I mean, and like I said, in the morning I'm going to go play some disc golf at about nine thirty with my buddy Ray. I think his wife listens to this this podcast, okay. so if you do, Lynn, hey, how you doing? So, <laughs> so we'll 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 do that, and I'll give you an update on. That's so, anyway, you got anything else you want to? I add don't on? think so. Okay, well, I think we need to wrap this thing up. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at StormdarWeather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.